It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Together, we're the Lockdown Bengals podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcast and on YouTube. Make sure you hit that follow button, that subscribe button. We appreciate you making us your first listen, and to keep that going, Well, those subscribe and follow buttons will get us delivered to your eyes and ears as soon as we post. James, the focus today is going to be Katie Blackburn, the executive vice president of the Cincinnati Bengals, who has taken her father's place as the team's representative, apparently, at the annual NFL meetings. She's on the competition committee. She's on several committees, has drawn praise from other committee members in the form of feature articles on Bengals.com and tweets and more. And we're going to talk about, you know, the one thing she voted against, as the Bengals often do, voting against rule changes. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But the highlight, James, is an indoor practice facility, I assume, is concretely in the plans at this point for Katie Blackburn to talk about it. Because it sounds like there's a few things they have in the works they're not ready to talk about yet. Mm -hmm. But if she's talking about yeah, we're, we we think that this was something that could help us. We plan to use it until February. That means that it's probably something they've considered quite a bit and have something concrete and in progress on. Well, let's start here. The Bengals win the AFC Championship, and they're preparing for Super Bowl 56. And I was just in the bubble, the indoor bubble at the University of Cincinnati last week for the Bearcats Pro Day, and Zach Taylor was there, and I got to talk to him, and Duke Tobin was there, and Mike Tomlin was there, and all these guys were there that are prominent members of the NFL in some capacity or some form or another. And it's one thing to go there for a Pro Day. But I jokingly said, man, if the Bengals had won the Super Bowl, I was talking to Paul Daner Jr., I was like, if the Bengals had won the Super Bowl, do they put up a banner in here? 
since since they practiced inside the bubble jokingly of course but the point being if they're going to make these february runs are you really going to practice at uh, you know a bubble when the university of cincinnati is getting an indoor practice facility of their own and so to me not shocked there was there's been rumblings of this behind the scenes but this is the joe burrow effect i don't think this is a thing if Andy Dalton 2.0 is in town, or if Joe Burrow is the next Carson Palmer. There was zero talk during Carson Palmer's time. Even when they were fun and great and battling for playoffs and winning divisions, yeah, that wasn't happening. And so I, I think that that, as much as anything, has to do with this. And the other part of this is practicality, like Katie mentioned. And when you have 17 games, 18 weeks in the regular season, and now the season ends a week later, you're more likely to play in colder weather much longer. And, and so the, the Bengals need it for that. You know what else they need it for? To prepare for dome teams and dome stadiums and everything like that. Uh, so I, I, uh, I think it is a need. I think it is a requirement in this climate. And, and I'm glad that the Bengals have seen it that way. One thing, Jake, that did stand out to me, though, she said it wasn't and had nothing to do with recruiting. And for many, many years, that's been a topic on Sports Talk Radio in Cincinnati. And, oh, man, you're not going to get guys to come to, to Cincinnati. They don't even have a freaking indoor practice facility. Well, it hasn't hurt them in free agency. And I don't think that's why they're doing it. I think they're doing it in, in uh, you know, pursuing it because of – I shouldn't say doing it because it isn't sealed and, and delivered. But they're pursuing it because they know that there is an advantage to having a, a facility close, by the way, to Paul Brown Stadium. I don't think they're building it in freaking Mason for those that that are wondering. I think it'll be within walking distance and pretty close. Probably a Joe Burrow pass away from that uh, from PBS. Imagine building it in Mason. Yeah, we're just going to get on the bus for 30 minutes, guys. It's not like the short 5-10 minute drive up to Clifton Ooh. when when the roads were crazy that day cuz there's like a blizzard that went through Cincinnati the day they practiced up at the bubble too. I think it makes a lot of sense for the reasons you talked about, James. When you look at the the way the league is going, you're getting, I think, more potential indoor facilities on the schedule. You're, you're getting West Coast teams popping up. So like if the Bengals do have to go on the road in the playoffs and they go out to, I don't know, one of the California teams or to Vegas, what's the point of practicing outside in late January when when you can – go and, and practice in the conditions you're going to play in. If it's the conditions you're going to play in, you still have that option. So that's great. And, and you're just giving yourself more flexibility to prepare. Do, do you give the angry sports talk radio and podcasters any credit for this, James, for, for rousing the public and, and stoking the, the mob and, and being the, the riot leaders to, to put the public pressure on the Cincinnati Bengals. Because when we talk about this team, we often say they don't care what anybody thinks. They're going to do what they think mm -hmm. is right. Yeah. But this has been a, a building public sentiment, I feel like, for, for years now. Do you give – I'm going to answer that question with a question, and I'll, I'll answer it, I promise, in just a yes or no. Do you give me any credit for them being active in free agency? No, of course not. Okay. Well, there's nobody. I can confidently say this. There's nobody yeah. in the Cincinnati media that's talked more about free agency over the past decade than me. 
uh, you know, in, in attacking quarterbacks and going after potential players via trade and being aggressive and aggressiveness wins. And if I had a penny for every time I said it on the, the original act on Bengals or on 1530 or wrote it on my blog that nobody read or it, whatever it, years ago, it, you know, then, well, I would have a lot of pennies and, you know, maybe I could donate and get a brick at the new indoor practice facility. So, no, actually, I don't. I, I really I think that this is wow. We got this guy who's different and we have the right pieces around him and we're at the the right part of our it, the time is right much like the ring of honor the time is right to do this and uh and i i do think i think the the other factor is well you know the stadium deal and and what they're going to have to do with potentially with Paul Brown stadiums and now's the time uh to, to potentially go down this road when you have this promising star and stars like Burrow Chase in Higgins and, and so many of these other guys that have fans excited about 2022 in the future. To me, there's a, a conjoined effort here. We've talked about before with the PR, with the football team, with the modernization of the Cincinnati Bengals in many aspects. I think this is another such step toward modernization and the Bengals have made some significant strides in doing some things differently lately. And this moment, it might coincide a little bit with the, uh, Elizabeth Blackburn, Katie's daughter, coming to the team and helping to push modernization a little bit. And, and Mike Brown taking more of a backseat. It might coincide with Zach Taylor. But you look back at the three Zach Taylor years, and it was a rough start, but they've done some things differently. And they've slowly and incrementally, not even slowly, I would say, but incrementally, modernized in many ways. We'll talk about some of the things that these Cincinnati Bengals do differently from maybe the Marvin era or before looking at the Cincinnati Bengals coming up next. But first, well, you want to modernize as a sports fan and you know how you can do that with bet online. You can wager on any event you're thinking about, whether it's UFC, whether it's the NBA with the playoffs, whether it is Oh, the final four, Duke, North Carolina, the first time ever in tournament history. Will Coach K go to the national championship? Hey, at least I didn't sing that time. The point is, is Bet Online is a one-stop shop for all of your betting needs. It's easy to use. It's free to sign up. You can do it on your iPad, on your smartphone, on your laptop, your PC. I've used it. You should too because you're not going to find – Better odds, more odds, more wagers, player props, and, and everything else that you're looking for in one spot, unless you go to Bet Online. So check them out right now at Bet Online, where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. James, the Bengals are modernizing in many ways, doing things that they didn't do when Chad Johnson, Chad Ochocinco was a Cincinnati Bengal. He recently posted a fun video going up against Jamar Chase. And James, you led me to believe that 
he locked up Jamar Chase. Only video I see, Chad lost him on a little double move. I, oh. I don't know. No, there's another one where Jamar trips. And look, it's funny you're saying all you know, you're saying that. You watch these videos of Chad. I'm just saying. I know. I'm just saying. I'm just I'm just saying, Chad. How old's Chad Johnson? How old is he? You you He's look it up. You'll 44 years old. Chad Johnson. Younger is than Tom Brady. Interesting you say that. Healthier too. Because he doesn't have he's not taking the hits, right? So he just turned 44 in January. Who do you think is a better wide receiver right now? Chad Johnson or I don't know. Someone on the back end of the Bengals roster. Um, Mike Thomas? Oh, that's disrespectful just because Mike Thomas looked up to Chad his entire life. I don't want to do that to Mike. Uh, I'm just picking a guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Stanley Morgan. A better pass-catching wide receiver. More likely to get open. More likely to get open. On how many plays? Like on a percentage It's time to put the hot take chain on. (laughs) Perfect. It's time Man, to put I don't know. Chad, Chad wasn't effective at the end of his NFL career. He tried to play in a few other leagues. He wasn't effective in those other leagues either. I, I don't see but, Chad Johnson being an effective wide receiver in the NFL right now, James. I'm sorry. He, he, went, he tried to play in Mexico and he couldn't he couldn't play couldn't. in Mexico. What are we talking about? He scored it. First off, the only reason he didn't continue his NFL career is because he did something really stupid off the field. And, and that's what cost him with the Dolphins. Zach Taylor was there, by the way. Otherwise, he makes that team. He's the number one receiver on the team. All of those things. It's off the field. Uh, he couldn't read the Patriots playbook. I understand. Couldn't learn that. I totally get that. But he would have revived his career at least a bit with the Dolphins. Um, but no, here's the take. Chad Johnson could absolutely, absolutely outproduce what Auden Tate did last year in seven games. You're telling me he couldn't? You're telling me he could you you're telling me he couldn't yeah, have a touchdown probably. against the Lions? I don't think he gets I, in the field. He played he I, played I, in the CFL and he had he had one touchdown. Yeah, the CFL's weird. It's a hundred and it, it, the yardages are weird. Like it's just weird. I I, I mean I get what you're saying. It it is. He played he it played is. 12 games in the CFL and had seven catches for 151 yards in 2014. That was eight years ago. Yep. Did you watch him? No, he he didn't produce. I I don't watch the CFL much to watch. No, I'm I'm talking about did you watch him against Jamar or against Brandon Marshall, where he really locked Bar- Marshall up? Well, Brandon Marshall's also a couple years retiree. ago. Marshall's in young. Marshall's He's like 30, 35. I mean, I, Ch- I Chad know. is an above, like an elite athlete for a 44 year old, but that doesn't mean he can get open in the NFL anymore. I'm sorry. I think he could. I think he could. In uh, in the reason, so it's twofold. As you age, you do lose some some athleticism, no doubt about it. So you you need to be super smart with how you you run your routes and everything like that. We saw that with Larry Fitzgerald. Chad couldn't do that, and, and that's that's the part of it. But from a physical standpoint, if you say, "All right." Double move right now. You're telling me he can't beat Eli Apple half the time? Half the time? Man. Just, well, you know what? Let, let's get him saying. up to the new indoor facility in the Cincinnati winter offseason in March. It, Next and March, and we can, we can do this Maybe in it's a comeback. Maybe it's a comeback. Or maybe it's this or that. But 
I'm just saying, I, you know, I, I don't think, you think Chad Barry is, Sanders will still be good at running back too. Barry Sanders is fat. Cause he's not on the built bar diet. Keep on. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. You're muted there, James. I know the hot take chain goes to your head sometimes. I, I said, I got the, t- yeah, I must've hit M on my, my laptop. I, I got the chain on, man. What, what do you want me to say? Yeah. I mean, look, I, Chad is, uh, I still think he could play for a few, you know, a role. Here's the problem. Here's what would hurt him. He would get injured because he's 44. So that's the part. If if you want the the other part of this, do I think he could have a good practice? Sure. Do I think he could go out there in a you know in a a vacuum and have a good game here or there? Absolutely. CFL, he got really dinged up, played through it, tried to play through it. It was weird rules. I don't think he was uh understood the or love the motion behind where you're like sprinting as the snap start. It just really weird stuff that I just don't think he caught on at that stage. But if if you're telling me, think about it. LaShawn Sims was in the Bengals secondary a couple years ago. You're telling me Chad isn't roasting Sims. I think it would be barbecue chicken, uh, you know, at Chad Johnson's house. And he there are probably like LaShawn some Sims. corners on NFL rosters. He, he could be like half the time. Yeah. Half the time. All right. So there like you go. Like LaShawn Sims level guy, like like low level corners who who you know might be better at some of them aren't even good athletes that are on NFL teams. Best out of eleven, Vernon Hargraves versus Chad Johnson. Who wins? I take Hargraves. Just 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 I mean he, he's this guy's hurt. gonna be jumping on the field in his slides anyway, and you're going with him? No chance. Zero. I took the chain off. It's still a zero chance. I can't believe we've gone down this rabbit hole. Yeah, I, I wasn't expecting this. This is my Chad, bad. I'm sorry. No, I, I just. <laughs> Not you, to now, the listeners. Now, is Chad worth the the antics and the, you know, the, the trash talk and all? No, I obviously there's a reason. Oh, that, that's believe. what I would want. That That's the fun stuff. I mean, it's fun, but yeah, it's fun when you're. 24 and the man it's not as fun when you're 44 and you're hanging on well i think uh, but yeah I think he that makes it more fun because he hasn't changed at all but but let's keep going wherever we were gonna go here before we we got really distracted by chad johnson which is fun Chad can still fun. play it's the off season do you not remember him saying he's always open i do okay all right hey guys it's joe marino Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line, or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former SportsCenter anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to alternate routes early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. In the Zach Taylor era, James, the Cincinnati Bengals have spent money on external free agents. They've established a ring of honor. They went to a Super Bowl. And now they're 
I guess, face of ownership, the new face of ownership, Katie Blackburn has admitted that an indoor practice facility would be a good idea and that they've actively begun to pursue it, which again, I don't think she would say if it wasn't imminent, relatively speaking, by the time it gets cold in Cincinnati, maybe. But these are things that they didn't do very much or very consistently Mm -hmm. when Marvin Lewis was coaching the team before that, before, I mean, you go too, too much further before that free agency didn't exist yet. I do find it interesting that a few things haven't modernized, but I think it's steps in the right direction. And, And to what this should be attributed, is it Joe Burrow? Is it a new coach? Is it Elizabeth Blackburn? Is it winning? Some of the, th- I think it's different for each of them, right? Mm-hmm. I think ring of honor, probably Elizabeth, big part winning big, big part in, in spending some money with Joe Burrow on his rookie deal in the out in the indoor practice facility. I just think it's kind of cool that you can point these things out that some of the things, if you go back to when I started this podcast and was talking about the things that Bengals needed to do to modernize, they started to check a lot of those boxes, not all of them, but a lot of them. I think they had a look in the mirror moment after the 2018 season. There was no faith in this organization from a fan perspective. Their Q rating, i.e. public perception and the thought of them, and it's still there, right? There's still national media that's going to say, right? But locally, it was bottomed out. It was ridiculously low. And and the lowest I have seen it probably since 02, honestly. Yeah, I mean, since 02, at the end of the 2018 season. And there was no confidence. There was no belief. And so I I think that they realized, look, just changing the coach isn't going to get butts in seats, isn't going to get people excited. How else can we do that? And so when you bring in Elizabeth, it's a fresh perspective on the ring of honor. She's, um, you know, around our age. I think she is maybe 30, 20, I'm around my age. Uh, you're old, but, uh, you know, that part of it helps in that area. I think the winning is absolutely huge. When you get a player like Joe Burrow, I mentioned the Joe Burrow effect. I think it's, it's very real because it's infectious. The idea, he didn't even get to town yet. And they were like, we got to add some pieces. And the, the plan was always to take Joe Burrow. They never really wavered. They didn't have to do much. Then, you know, uh, a ton of homework from what, February on, I would say, because they knew they were probably taking him after they met with him at the combine and started talking uh, everything that they did with him. So uh, to me, all of it comes together and it's been the perfect storm. And I wrote this and, and I said it on this podcast, you, you know, the opportunity they had to, to build a dynasty or, or to build this sustainable winner that they've never done in franchise history. And I think that's what they're on the path to doing. And it they clearly feel like they need to seize this moment. And I feel that way because they can take this organization to new heights and they have a really good opportunity to do so. And that's why you start to keep, you, you know, you start those changes, but now you're seeing results. So you want more changes, more changes, more changes, and uh, or maybe not even changes, but steps forward, right? And and I think that's what we're seeing. And uh, when you're having success, you want more of that. And and the Bengals are in position now to be uh, as sustained 
um, in, in that winning bracket and to be a sustained contender uh, for the longest that they've ever done it. I really think they're in position to do that, and I think they feel that, and that's what we're seeing. They need to do it right to stay there, and that's the challenge. They have been to Super Bowls before, and then they went through a dark decade. And what what went wrong then? Well, you go back and you look at the history. A lot of people thought that even Paul Brown, late in his coaching career, was old-fashioned. And the the game had passed him by. And he wasn't keeping up with the modernization of how NFL franchises worked. And that's been the story of this team for a lot of its history. So taking these steps forward and modernizing in these ways is important. I will say though, James, there are a few things that I would like them I would like them to change in the coming years. And and a lot of it comes down to their cap approach. We talked about this with Brad yesterday on the show. We talked a lot about their financial approach. We looked at some of their contracts. If you missed that show, it's a good recap of free agency and look ahead to Joe Burrow's contract and T. Higgins' contract and Jamar Chase's contracts that are coming down the pike. But the the year one roster bonus, the the front-loaded cap hits, the spread-out cap hits are something that I wish they would take a look in some years and decide we need to fit in an extra player we're going to take a little bit of risk as risk averse as they are with some of these contracts and spread out that cap hit a little bit more by taking yep. an extra $4 million and putting it into a signing bonus. The, the cap repercussions are negligible at this point with the direction that the salary cap is trending with how much it's going to continue to increase, especially as we come out on the other side of COVID, assuming we don't have another global pandemic. And the other thing that, I don't know if we're going to see. I think we might see small tweaks to their financial approach with Joe Burrow coming up on his second contract. And if they do sustain some success, they might feel that impetus to to push a little bit harder. But I'm not sure we're going to see modernization to the front office, James. Are we going to see the expanding of, of the scouting department, a formal GM title for Duke Tobin or someone these are things that I'm less confident in because they probably feel like they're a pretty good drafting team. Most of the time, they probably mm-hmm. feel like if it ain't fit, if it ain't broke, you know, don't fix it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think there are some things that are maybe a little broken or at least need some self scouting in the front office department. But I guess this is all to say, despite the, the positive steps, there's always still work to do. And this isn't to be negative or anything. It's just, these are the things that were on that checklist years ago about things that Bengals have to do to modernize that we haven't checked off. And they've checked off a lot of really great and meaningful milestones. But the next one to me is the way that they run their front office. And that's a big question to me. I We, we haven't really seen a significant departure from the way they do business in most ways, in some ways, sure, but not in some very meaningful ways. Sure. And I have two thoughts there. One, yeah, I want you to spread out the signing bonus, get creative with contracts when you need to to get that last piece. However you need to do that, do that, because who knows if you're making another run to the Super Bowl. So any any person that helps them, sign me up for that, right? Especially with the cat going up year to year, like uh, like you said, and dramatically over the next few years it should. Um, that being said, 
I think they're extremely comfortable with the way they scout and the way they put send coaches on the road and the way coaches have input onto on who they draft. A lot of position coaches, let's say the Cowboys, right? And I'm, I'm not – these big teams, I don't want to say the Cowboys and then someone knows more about because I don't really give a, a damn about the Cowboys. The point is there's a lot of – a lot of coaches that don't even get in in the draft room and they'll give their take and that's it. Or, or, you know, this guy will give it and there'll be eight guys and they'll submit different reports on the same. And I, I just don't think they think they need that. And you could argue, maybe they do. You could argue, maybe they don't in recent years. They've certainly drafted better. Um, it, it was a very poor draft when they listened to Paul Alexander in 2015. Right. And so there's, there's positives and, and negatives to, to doing those things. And so, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I feel, you know, I go back and forth on, on the scouting thing because I understand their perspective, much like I understand their perspective with contracts. But of the two, if I had to pick one, I would say, man, bend, bend a little bit more, take advantage of this cap, keep the window open and, and go for it when you need to uh, versus the other way. Yeah. And, and, I do see it from their perspective too. We've talked about that a lot. I think in the last week where I've been more sympathetic to their approach to contract structure than ever before and their approach to cap planning than ever before, because it is in many ways, very sustainable. And I understand their point, but when it comes to the front office, I wonder if this is what's going to push for change. Zach Taylor talking about he's six weeks behind because of the playoff run. If their coaches are coaching into February, that puts them in a place where they have to catch up for the draft in ways that they're not used to, like ever in in this style of, of front office work going back to 1990, 1991. It's been almost my entire lifetime, almost your entire lifetime, James, since this was an issue. So I wonder if that causes them to realize, oh, you know what? When our coaches are busy in January, maybe we do need one more guy. Well, I just talked to Zach's behind, but they're I, not behind. I know the scouts aren't. And so, but, but, but so but that's, they rely on the coach's input and they're not getting it as early. We'll see what happens. I'm sure they'll catch up. I'm sure they have a plan. I'm sure it'll be fine, but maybe they just want the extra resource just, just to get the extra, extra eyes on stuff. Maybe not. But the co- sure, yeah. But the coaches would be behind regardless. Yeah, and 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 they're always going to rely on, on coaches' input. That doesn't mean they always go with them. Prime example: Marvin Lewis loved OJ Howard. OJ Howard wasn't the pick, right? In in twenty seventeen. So, uh, and there's been plenty of examples of that. Um, so yeah, I get it. I understand that. I, but I think Zach would say, yeah, I'll be uh, in. I'm okay saying this. He, he was like, man, that champagne problems, right? Like. The, the idea of being behind because you went to the Super Bowl. And I'm sure he hopes they have this issue every year. But, yeah, I, is it ideal? No. I also think it's a factor for every team now yeah. with the, the 18 weeks. Oh, yeah. And then you go to the playoffs. I guess I guess I'm thinking maybe just the, the extra resources could potentially lessen what they need the, from the coaches. Load. It could reduce sure. – the burden somehow, maybe not. Maybe it's just like, this is our process for scouting, no matter how many scouts we have. And then we're going to get coach input anyway. Mm-hmm. And then their approach is just hindered when they have less time. Cause they can't get through as many people or the coaches don't get as, as much vacation or something. I don't know. 
they have to shift their vacation to later? Not really sure, but just a thought, uh, you know, just, just thinking about the things that were on my list back when I made the list. These sure. are the things that Bengals must do to modernize. And these are the two that are left. I think the two big ones that are left anyway. Yep. No, I, I get it. I understand. And it is, it's going to be interesting to see if they do the, the contract one. I'd be surprised about the scout, but you, you, know, you never know. Yeah. I'm never say confident. never, right? I'm less confident. I think we've seen them be somewhat creative in limited instances with contracts. I, I don't think we've seen anything really hinting to your point, James, that they're anything but comfortable with their approach to the draft and pro scouting and free agency and that sort of stuff. So if they're comfortable with it and it works great, don't fix what isn't broken, but keep it sustainable and keep it, you know, t- take every advantage you can find, I guess, is, is what I'm asking for. Because when you have this kind of quarterback to build around, you, you got to push as hard as you can every way you can. That's my thought anyway. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. We're back tomorrow with a mailbag. Getting closer and closer to the draft. We can will- Chad Johnson still get open? That's my question to you, Bengals fans. Maybe I'll put out a poll. We will uh, get a question gathering tweet up on Locked On Bengals Twitter account tomorrow at Locked On Bengals on Twitter. So get those questions ready on Thursday and we'll answer them in the next episode. Until then, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.